Howdy. 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 Okay, one, two, three. Howdy, it's Gen Z for Jesus. We're not being facetious. We just love Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and talking. <laughs> Identity. Identity. God moment of the week. This is a new segment we call God Moment of the Week. <laughs> okay, so the lovely, beautiful Texas A&M University gave us exactly one day for spring break because hashtag COVID. And so we, being the people we are, we're like, we're going to make the very most out of this one day. Exactly. So we go to San Antonio. Yes. And Melanie's car because Melanie is our best driver. Me and Georgia... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not the best needless to say in the bible study group i was ranked last on the people that should drive and i was ranked second to last <laughs> so um just so y'all know let's preface that you know yeah we were in melanie's car yeah and one night at the river center parking garage I highly recommend great parking garage except <laughs> we got a flat tire there we're not sponsored <laughs> um we discovered a flat tire on Melanie's car, and get this, she replaced all four of her tires, like, last month. Like, a month ago, because we also had another flat tire. Yes, and she needed all four replaced. So, we needless to say, we fixed a tire, and so we get to our hotel Wait. much later than we planned. We didn't just fix this tire. I got down... On my chest, lay flat down on this gross, dirty, freaking parking garage with bird poop all over me <laughs> because we only had one part of the jack. So I had to manually twist the jack until the car was up. But hey, guys, we did it. I know. It was the proudest feminist moment of my life. But we were a little grimy after that. My knees were black. Anyways, that's important. That's an important preface to the story that we had fixed a flat tire because then we were late getting to our hotel and we get to our hotel and we try to check in and the room's been double booked and they're like, sorry, the first party got here first. And so we're like, uh, can we have another room? And they're like, no. And I'm like, can you transfer us to a different hotel? And they were like, no. And so at this point it was like, what, like 12? Yeah. Like 1130. 11 and the four, four 18-year-old girls, actually Melanie's 19, three 18-year-old girls and one 19-year-old were out in San Antonio at midnight with no place to stay. And we couldn't drive back to College Station because we just had the little tiny spare tire on. And I lost my pepper spray. I had mine. But <laughs> <laughs> and so we were like, oh, no. And so we immediately start calling, like, every hotel that we can get on the phone that's, like, under $200 because those things would be expensive. Yeah. We had, like, not a lot of money in our bank account, by the way, because broke college student life, you know? And um, we had just balled out at Six Flags. So what were yeah, we supposed to real. do? Um, so... The hotel was double booked, and then I sat in the corner and cried a little bit. Um, That's call, the best one. Amen. Calling um, customer service, asking for a refund so he can pay for the other hotel. They would not give us a refund. No, they said that 
Expedia had to give it to us. And I called Expedia, and they still haven't called me back. Sad day in the club. So, anyways, we go back to the car. We're all calling the hotels, and Melanie gets on the phone with the Red Roof Inn. The Red Roof Inn. And we're not hating on the Red Roof Inn because it was our light and shining armor, but it was in a very scary part of town. I listened to a lot of true crime. (laughs) A lot. I've watched a lot of Criminal Minds, and I was scared for my life. Yeah. I automatically go to, like, what's the worst possible thing that can happen? Y'all know what I'm saying. So we get there, and Maisie and Maggie decide that, like, they're going to stay in the car and watch over the car and our luggage, and Melanie and I are going to go in and talk to the front desk. And I just know, I just know, as soon as we walked in there, the front desk guy saw us and was like, these girls are easy to exploit. I just <laughs> yeah, knew bro. that's what he thought. And, but actually, Mr. Dan, that was the front desk worker's name, Mr. Dan actually turned out to be my bestie, my guardian angel, my knight in shining armor, all of the above. Mm-hmm. I think he was an angel sent from heaven, for real. He was a superhero. What can I say? Yeah. Mr. Dan, we love you. Anyways, so Melanie and I go up. Okay, first, there's two people in front of us. The first party, he gives them, like, a $200 room. And we were like, oh, what the? Because, <laughs> like, online, I said it was $50. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, that's a little scary. And then the party behind them, he gave a $60 room. And we're like, that's more like it. And so Melanie and I get up to the front desk, and we're like, like, we need a room. Like, it's an emergency. I explained the entire situation to him. And he asked for our ID and our card. And so I give him my ID and my dad's card. Mm. Because we were in an emergency and my mom had said I could use it. But we do have to pay them back. Yeah, we are paying them back. And first thing he did was make a joke about daddy's money. Oh, no. He was like, these don't match. And I was like, um, no, that's my dad's card. And then he made a joke about daddy's money. Uh, what a cliche. I know. And I said, I said, Mr. Dan, we're going to pay him back. And um, so, like, he's like, okay, go ahead and swipe your card. And the total on the little card reader popped up, and it was $242. And I was like, no, no. Not after he gave the men in front of us a $60 room. So I was like, sexism. Mr. Dan, may we have a cheaper option? And he was like, yes, there is a cheaper option. But he's like, technically, it's an out-of-order room. He's like, only thing that's wrong with it is there's no TV. And we're like, that's totally fine. It was like 1230 at that time. We just wanted to sleep. And we were going to get up and go back to college station the next morning. And so... <laughs> and so we're like, that's fine again. And so then he's like, okay, girls, you're all set up. And then he was like, dang it, I wanted to shock your daddy tonight. And that was when I was like, I'm scared. So we are go up to the floor with all our bags. And here comes Mr. Dan running full force at us. Platform camo crocs, slimy white hair. And sports goggles. And clear sports goggles. And he's like, oh, got it, girls. And running. We should also say Mr. Dan's probably like 75 years old. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's 75 years old and he's running full speed to unlock our door. Like, we weren't we weren't waiting that long. No. And so we go into the room thinking, like, fully expecting that there was going to be no TV. Like, that's the only problem with the room. Yeah. But then we turn on some light switches. Um, no, no lights. Oh, no light switches work. <laughs> there's only two lamps that work. We go into the bathroom. There's no mirror. Um, there's 
We only have two towels, and one of them has weird black stains all over it. We go to the bed, and there's, like, popcorn kernels all over And then the air conditioner was making some weird sound. So we were freaked out. And then there's four full-grown girls sleeping in one bed. Yeah. It was king size, but still. We were real cuddled up that night. Yeah. I slept great, though. Me too. So, God moment for Mr. Dan. Yeah, because when we left the double booked room, I was praying so hard. I was like, Jesus, you are the great God of deliverance. Please deliver us through this night. And then literally we met Mr. Dan, and it was kind of like the most iconic story. The amount of times I've told it this week is unreal. I've told it so many times. So, again, God provides. He delivers you. Amen. Okay, so back to the real topic. I just had to tell that story again. Um, identity. Ooh. Ah. Identity is a biggie. And I feel like it it's really kind is. of like, I don't know, this semester I feel like it's popped up in a lot of sermons. Mm-hmm. Like it's been like a very big, I don't know if all the pastors in College Station like coordinate their sermons, but identity has been a big part of all yeah, of them. Yeah, for real. I feel like it's been a big part of my growth this season. Um, I, I don't know. Um I feel like as college students, we struggle a little bit with identity. So I guess that's where they got that. Yeah. Um, I think it's also big for us because we're like, we're new to the college scene kind of like where this is our first year in college. And like, I know for me, I came into college thinking like, this is my time to rebrand, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, I have a completely fresh start. And then I was like, what do I want to do with this fresh start? And I was like struggling to be like, what Georgia do I want to be? Mm. And so, what like, aesthetic do I want to be? Yeah. What clothes should I buy? Uh-huh. How should my room look? Exactly. I was trying to like create this Georgia brand coming mm-hmm. into college, and like it was very hard when like college got really hard, and then like all the fun identity stuff kind of went away. You know? Yeah. Like I wear leggings and t-shirts every day to class, and yeah. my dorm's a mess, and this is just like not the identity I had planned. Yeah, for real. I mean. Just to preface, um, a big part of my testimony um, deals a lot with mental illness. And I feel like we are going to have an episode where we talk about our testimonies. Um, But right now, I felt like I was stripped of my identity for a long time until I got into the middle of semester last year um, when they started to bring it up. So maybe the... The college pastors were just thinking about me. They were just like, what does Macy need to hear? The Holy Spirit definitely interceded for you there. Yeah. So this is why we're talking about this because it's both, it's been a big part of both of our lives. Yeah. And I think especially I've talked to a lot of people lately and it's been like on their hearts too. Yeah. So should we start with scripture? Yes. Okay. The first one I wanted to start with was Genesis one twenty seven. The basics. The foundation of our humanity, our creation, you know, Genesis. Yes. Genesis one twenty seven states, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah, and then I want to do, like, kind of switching pages to the New Testament in the Gospel of John. Um, one twelve says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Pretty heavy stuff, am I right? Yeah. I want to say, like, the first thing that I get from both of those voices. Voices? (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I get from those 
both of those verses is like our identity is completely rooted in who God is and not who we are. Mm, I agree because like in this verse, he says three times God created God. He created them. He created them. Yeah. Which brings me back to the rebrand thing. It's like, I can't create my identity. Yes. I can't manufacture the identity that I want when God's already given me one. Exactly. And I also feel like I ask myself a lot when figuring out my identity. um, I don't know who I am anymore. How do I find that? I don't know who I am anymore. Um, And that was just so stupid and selfish of me to be a believer of Christ and say, I don't know who I am. Yeah. Also for me, um, I grew up like in the church, like in a very Christian environment. And I think growing up in that Christian environment, you like try to find what your Christian identity is. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, are you camp counselor Christian? Are you the coffee shop Christian? Are you the Christian with the sketchy past? Are you like worship leader Christian? Like there's a lot of different like stereotypes and personalities within the Christian world. And I feel like as a person who grew up in the Christian like home in church, I was trying to figure out which one of those I was. But like the most important identity in the Christian world and in the entire world is like child of God, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to be like, okay, I'm a child of God. What's next? It's like, no, you're a child of God. That's it. Ephesians 2.10, it talks, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Every characteristic we have, every ability we have was God's intention for his glory. Yes. It wasn't for our achievements or for us to feel better about ourselves or um, to lessen our insecurity. It was to glorify him. So I'm an extrovert to glorify him. Uh I am a communication student to glorify him. Mm -hmm. And like, I know a big like comparison kind of goes hand in hand with the identity talk it's like Maisie's an extrovert and a communication major and I'm not those things well I'm kind of an extrovert but it doesn't mean my personality traits are less for the glory of God than hers you know like introverts can glorify God just as much as extroverts for real well I think I think the some of the godliest people in my life are introverts like my Mm -hmm. mom and Cassie Basinger shout out to Cassie and I feel like those grounded, like gentle, comforting people are just so important to us extroverts as well. Yeah, I heard a sermon somewhere. I don't know if it was Breakaway or Restoration, but like God is the God of the mosaic, you know, Mm. like all of us are so different. And like, imagine how boring this world would be if we were all the same, you know? I know. And like, if we all had the same perspective, there would be no like like intelligent conversations. Yeah. And so I... God is the God of the mosaic. Yeah. Me, Georgia, and Melanie always joke about being the same person. Yeah. And, like, having the same, like, characteristics. But I've realized lately that, like, there's we're, like, different in a lot of ways. We're too. different, but the base of our friendship is that we're followers of Christ. Yeah. I, I truly believe that we are such good friends because we have such good relationships with Christ. Mm-hmm. And the talks we have and the understanding we have and the leadership we take because of that. 
yeah is a lot because of our beliefs mm-hmm. there's a scripture somewhere i don't know that's like my biggest like i hate myself for this because i know a lot of scripture but i don't know where to find it but anyway mm. there's a scripture somewhere that's like your love for other people should just be an overflow of your love for Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like my love for other people and my love for myself, like how I view other people and how I view myself is just an overflow of how I view Christ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if you're trying to like figure out who you are, I would highly recommend like fixing your eyes on Jesus and then like yourself will follow. Yeah. I think a big, a big obstacle in finding your identity is definitely insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and envy. I, for a long time, I wanted to be everybody else. Yeah, because um, I did not like myself. That's like that's one of the biggest parts of my testimony yeah. was like overcoming just like sheer like self hatred. Yeah, and like it was just like little things too. Like my laugh was too loud. I was bigger than most girls. Um, I had red hair. Like she's a ginger. I'm a ginger. <laughs> um, so it's like. Once I got over, like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Then it was, like, steady, steady ship for Mm -hmm. finding my identity. Yeah. I think also for me, I, like, I'm big into, like, Instagram, YouTube, Mm. the Christian world there. So I would see people like Sadie Robertson or, like, Kristen Johns. And I was, like, they are the most gorgeous and godly women I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. entire life. And, like, in no way physically, spiritually, or mentally do I look anything like them. And, like, I was, like, dang it. I was, like, there's something got to be missing in my relationship with Jesus because I don't speak and I don't act like Sadie Robertson, you know? And, like, not to take away from Sadie Robertson. I love that girl. She's been, like, such a mentor to me, and she doesn't even know it. But there's just God is the God of the mosaic. Like, Sadie Robertson and I are so different, but that doesn't take away from our separate ministries. Yeah, and – if you really you really see how big God is when you look at us, you look how different you and Sadie Robertson are, and he need, he chose to use both of you in his work. Exactly, and like I also think one of the like the best things about being different is Sadie Robertson and I have like two like different target audiences. You know, yeah. like she reaches her people and I reach my people. And, like, people are going to relate to her in a special way, and they're going to relate to me in a special way. Mm-hmm. And, like, God needs different people because he needs different people in heaven, you know? Mm. He needs different-looking leaders because he wants different audiences, like, reached. Yeah. I mean, like, that verse you love where it's, like, all all of creation will be in heaven, all cultures, all countries mm-hmm. will be in heaven. Like, like, every language will praise his name. Yeah. Imagine if we were all the same. It'd be so boring in heaven. Yeah, I think it was... God did not make anything boring, let me tell you that. I think it was Restoration. Restoration, um, Brian College Station Restoration has a podcast, but I believe he was the sermon where he said, God is the God of the Mosaic, I'm pretty sure. This is not to say also that I have, like, overcome insecurities because I have to choose, like, it is, like, literally a constant battle, like, every 10 minutes to choose to be, like, secure in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I'll be walking on campus and I'm like, why do I walk so weird? Like, why is everyone probably like, oh, my gosh, she is such an awkward walker. And then I have to be like, Georgia, no. Like, you're just walking. Like, I just become so, Well, also, like... I feel like it's such like that's such like a pride thing. Like who is going? Who's actually like paying attention to you? You definitely have to give yourself a humble check and be like, do you think anyone's even looking your way? Yeah, insecurity is just something we have to battle every day as women and as humans. And like just looking in the mirror, it's just like Mm -hmm. you you cannot belittle yourself. You cannot like 
you have to fight to see yourself the way God does. Yeah. And that's how you create your identity. And there's never really going to be a point. Like last night at Bible study in Philippians, he was like, I haven't, Paul was saying to the Philippians, he was like, I haven't like met my goal yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be applied to identity as well. There's never going to be a point where you're like, I am completely and totally like happy with everything in my life right now. Yeah, like girl. I don't think that there's ever going to be a point because I don't think that kind of extreme happiness and peace exists on earth. I think that's just a heavenly thing. But um, not to say that you're a failure if you don't feel like extreme peace and joy yeah. and happiness in every moment, because one joy is a choice. And like two, it's a constant battle. And because you're still fighting the battle, doesn't mean that you're losing, you know? You just have to keep up. Well, if you really want to, like, know someone in the Bible who has, like, a good self-assurance of who they are, it's definitely Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was so self-aware of what he can do and what he does for the Church of Christ. Um, Yeah, and, like, if you're not, like— familiar with the story of Paul he used to be he used to crucify Christians and be like a bounty hunter for Christians and he wanted to kill them um and then Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and he like blinded him it's a whole story but then Paul was converted much later in his life to being a follower of Jesus and he had a really really scary and sad past and so again your past has nothing to do with your present identity nothing to do with your present identity yeah as long as you're made new in christ all of that doesn't matter yeah i think the most beautiful thing like a part like about testimonies is that there comes a point when it becomes less about your sin and more about the perfection of jesus Mm. and the glory of jesus and that like paul is that like there has to come a point like if you read like Philippians, he dropped like you would have never if you just read Philippians and none of the rest of Paul's story, you would not know that he was murdering Christians on the daily, you know? Like yeah. you would not know that about him because he did not dwell in his past and he did not make that his identity. Yeah, I mean, if he did dwell in his identity like that, I do not think he would he would be not so have been proactive in, in the church. I don't think he would have been moving forward for the glory of God. And that's such a big step in forgiving yourself and forgiving your past and moving forward because it's also just a sense of selfishness to be like, my past is greater than God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He can't do it. That is such a prideful way to look at it. You have to take your past. You have to take the power away from the, your past and give it to the future of Jesus. Yes. For his will, you have to stop looking at your past. You have to keep on looking forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was kind of a lot in a short, like, period of time. But I think, okay, I like long podcasts when I'm driving, but when I'm, like, walking, I like short podcasts. Yeah, it just depends on the day. This is really all we have to talk about. I don't think God has given us more. I think he's like, you have said what you said, end it. Yeah, we don't want to say, like, a whole bunch of spiritual fluff just for saying spiritual fluff. Yeah, for real. Not for our glory. Mm -mm. I just want to... I just want to leave um, with this verse, Jeremiah 1, five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I love that verse so much. Wait, should I pray this out? Should I pray? Yes. Okay. Eh. Please bow your head and close your eyes. Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, don't look at me either. Okay. Dear Jesus. <laughs>
I pray for everyone that's listening to our podcast, and I hope they just know that they are so, so, so loved by you, fully known and fully loved, and that you have claimed them. They are yours. You've been bought with a price by Jesus, and I just pray that they would rest in that power and rest in your peace today. I pray that Maisie and I would continue to just be able to speak your words and not our own words, and if there's ever a time where we become too full of ourselves, that you would take this platform away. Thank Amen. You,